Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MoPod, brought to you by MoDate, where we discuss all things modern orthodoxy from dating to the Upper West Side and everything in between. I'm your host, Evan Harris, and we have a great guest for you today. Let's get to it. Today, we're sitting down with Rogan Fink. How are you, Rogan? Very well. How are you, Evan? I'm doing well. So let's dive into your background. Where are you from, and how did you make your way to the Upper West Side? So I'm actually from a family of Chinese immigrants to Canada. I've lived in many different places growing up. I was born actually in Beijing. Parents immigrated to Vancouver when I was very young. But then subsequently, when I was growing up, I did live for some years in China. Also lived in Massachusetts, now for law school. But also when I was earlier in high school, spent four years in the UK for my undergrad and my master's. I'm now in Harvard Law School for um, my law degree. I was actually in the Upper West Side only very briefly this year because I had a gig um, at a law firm over the summer. And so I was there for about um, two months in the Upper West Side. So your life, you've been all over the map and you're 23 years old. So it's definitely a lot more places than a lot of our listeners have probably been in their entire lives, however old they are. And let's just talk about how you found Judaism. So talk about how you grew up, your family life, and just your your journey to Judaism. Right. So my basic background is I'm doing a conversion at the moment and was definitely not born Jewish. Uh, my family was, I would say, very mildly religious in the way a lot of families in America are these days. I think you could say that we were Christian. There were times in my life when I was going to church every week for some years, but that wasn't very consistent. My parents, they all had their ups and downs in terms of religiosity. And in many ways, my experience tracked that very closely as well, in the sense that I was trying very hard to have a connection with the church, but it was a very difficult process. And for me, one of the issues that I struggled the most was was the inability to really establish a good sense of faith. And that was something that I struggled with for a long time and eventually decided that I needed to try something different. Okay, so when you decided that you needed to try something different, what was the first resource you went to? How did you ultimately decide upon Judaism? I think I was thinking about the issues that weren't working for me in Christianity. And so Christianity was asking, I felt for of me a very specific type of faith. It was to be- believe as it were in a series of propositions about God and about Jesus. And and the issue for me was that I felt that I wasn't able to ground that faith in something that could sustain that faith. Uh, so for me, you know, I spoke to pastors many times that would say things to me like, well, you know, you, you have doubt, but doubt is normal. I've had doubt before myself. You should keep coming to church and we'll see what we can do for you. Keep praying, keep reading the Bible. But for me, I looked at other people who were going to church, and they had a type of faith that I didn't have. And for me, the issue was that I didn't have a pathway towards Christian faith. There wasn't something to help me along the way. It seemed that all I could do was to hope. And what I saw in Judaism, which I felt was interesting, was a very strong sense of tradition, culture, and a very clear way to do the religion, whether it's through keeping the Sabbath or through praying. Um, And and that regimented type of religious life, I think, spoke to me. Gotcha. So when was this all happening? When did you decide it was time to make a change? And also, 
was there a person in your life that was Jewish that inspired you or how did you actually realize that Judaism had these features to it? Well, you know, it was a long process of exploration, you know, um, after I stopped going to church basically in high school. And so after that, there was a kind of a dormant period. I was still thinking about finding religion, um, but it did at that, you know, as I was thinking about it, I felt maybe Christianity wasn't the right thing for me. And Judaism, I think, spoke to me because perhaps one of the reasons is because Judaism seems more similar to Christianity. It was kind of a more natural place to look um, and as to whether there was any Jewish person in particular who brought me towards Judaism, there really wasn't, um, in, at least in the process of searching. And all I could remember is, you know, in, in right before Pesach in 2019, I found the determination or courage to speak to a Chabad rabbi at the University of Oxford. Gotcha. So was that kind of the first move you really made and right. the time when you were really deciding to pursue Judaism was when you were in college? Yeah, I would say so. I was in college thinking about it. And then speaking to the Chabad rabbi was really the first thing that I did to really clarify the direction that I wanted to go in. Because at that point, I wasn't 100% sure that this was going to be the right thing for me. There was still a lot of turmoil going on up in my head. But it was the first thing that I did to make a concrete step towards Judaism. Gotcha. Were there any books that you read or shows that you watched or anything that kind of helped you make this final push or anything that really said, I mean, I guess the main three monotheistic religions, right, are Christianity, Islam and Judaism. And so when you probably wanted to stay within that realm, I'm guessing if you wanted something more similar to Christianity. And so how did you decide kind of Judaism over Islam? And was there just anything that really inspired you to actually make a move instead of just staying the same? I know a lot of, our, I mean, almost all of our listeners are people that were born Jewish. And so people don't really think about the question, like, what if I was not born Jewish and I heard about Judaism, would I be interested in it? Or would I just stick to what I was born with? And so you obviously made this conscious choice. So I really just want to, dive as deep as possible into mm -hmm. how you decided upon Judaism and specifically Orthodox Judaism. You know, choosing Judaism, I felt it wasn't, maybe I should have had a more rational search process, but it's kind of like, you know, meeting, you know, meeting, meeting a woman or something like that. It's not something that is purely rational. Religion is not something that's, that's certainly, I think it's a, you know, it's a very complex type of thing. And so for me, I didn't really have kind of a winnowing down list of candidates and eventually settled on Judaism. It was something more like, you know, I guess maybe one of the things that, that did inspire me was I was very interested in, at the time, in continental European philosophy. And I had a, I had a, a professor at Oxford who was interesting and interestingly enough, a Mormon, he was called Mark Rathel. And we had a lot of conversations about religion. And he he was very much of the conviction that religion was something that really depended on a strong practical basis. So when we talk about, you know, Orthodox Judaism, maybe it's kind of a misleading term because, you know, Orthodox, you know, is in, is a Greek word and it refers to orthodoxus. Doxus is a belief. And but then really a lot of what we do in 
Orthodox Judaism is really orthopractic. It's, you know, having consistent practices across the community. And the power of that really spoke to me. And that drew me to Judaism. As to whether Orthodox Judaism really spoke to me at the beginning, that was more difficult because I think, you know, there's a lot of media portrayals of Orthodoxy, which makes it feel extreme, out of touch. And so at the very beginning, I was leaning towards maybe thinking about conservative Judaism. But the interesting thing was I was in the UK and there wasn't really such a thing as conservative Judaism. And so really the only option on the table at the time for me was to do Orthodox. And I thought I'd do that at least for some time and then we'll see what happens. Okay, gotcha. And just a kind of more personal question. How, how does your family feel about this whole thing? I think at the beginning, there was a lot of explaining that had to be done, but I'm very lucky. I have a family that that is very supportive of the process. And I think they see in me that, that Judaism has done good things for me. And they, I think they have been, you know, as supportive as they could possibly be. Obviously for me, you know, it, I have to make a conscious effort to explain to them what this is all about. And also to, you know, make sure that that keeping, you know, Torah and mitzvahs doesn't put a, a barrier between me and my family. That's something that I think very consciously about, but I think is totally achievable. If there's any converts listening out there, you know, I'm very happy to, to speak to people about my experience with that. Okay, so let's talk a little more about Orthodox Judaism, because it's interesting that people who are outside of orthodoxy, they probably don't really understand orthodox Judaism at all, probably know very little about it. And you also probably knew very little about it beforehand, I'm guessing. And at the same time, there are so many nuances to different types of orthodoxy. And this is obviously the Mopad where we talk more about modern orthodoxy. And you just spend time on the Upper West Side, which is definitely a more modern orthodox community than an ultra-orthodox ultra community, let's say. And so just want to hear your thoughts about discovering this modern Orthodox world that you might not have known existed and your views on it. You know, it's, I kind of fell into modern Orthodoxy. I didn't really have, you know, a menu of options. I was at Oxford and Cambridge and subsequently in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. All of these places, the Jewish community is very modern Orthodox. So it was kind of what I was introduced to. And I stuck with it. I really feel that Though, you know, even though I came to modern orthodoxy, maybe not completely out of choice, I really, really enjoy the approach to religion that modern orthodoxy has. And I feel very optimistic about it, about its future. It's very demanding. It's very difficult to do, right? To walk between the lines of, you know, the secular world and the religious world, you know, juggling a job on the one hand, which could be very de demanding depending on what you do. And also having, you know, maybe an hour or two hours a day of religious life that's outside of Shabbos and Chagid. That's very difficult. But I think but I think the balance has been worked out over time in a way that is allows people to make the most out of both their secular and religious lives. And that's a wonderful thing. That's great. And just to speak more about your time on the Upper West Side. So you were here for two months before you started your job. Did you know about the Upper West Side community? Were you well aware what you were walking into or were there any surprises there? I wouldn't say well aware. I knew of the Upper West Side community being, you know, a, a, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, people talk about the Upper West Side. So I had some idea 
this is where the modern Orthodox, the younger people tend to live. Um, and so I wanted to move there when I was in, when I would be working in New York, but I didn't really know what it was like, what shul to go to, the differences between the shuls here. So a lot of things I had to learn. And, but I had a really, really great time in the Upper West Side because my previous experience with Judaism has mostly been kind of on campus. And the Upper West Side offered a very refreshing change in that. Okay, that's great. And who really introduced you to the community here? Because obviously we met due to mutual friends. And I'm just wondering who kind of familiarized you with the people here and how did you choose where to go in such a short span of time? Well, you know, I, I just, I there's people I met at various schools who've been very helpful to me. Obviously, on the one hand, I had, you know, Shlomo, who, Shlomo Farkas, who introduced us. He's been really great. And, you know, through him, met a lot of his friends, Rafi Cooper, and people I've really enjoyed spending time with. Also, people from Harvard Law School who are in New York, many people, many of whom are in the Upper West Side. And also just, you know, building on the connections that I had already. So people who were who would be in New York over the summer or people who I knew through friends and friends. Um, and so that was kind of the, the, the approach. It was through, I guess, many different circles of people through whom I had certain contact. Okay, great. And so I'm wondering, you're obviously only 23 years old, which is still very young, right? And you're making this major life decision. Mm -hmm. And do you ever, I don't want to say wonder or doubt yourself. I don't know the exact words, but essentially you're choosing a religion, right? And so how are you certain that you will not go back on this decision and decide one day to pick up and choose something else? You know, I think it's one of those things in life that, you know, once it, the, the further you go into a decision, the less reversible it becomes because, you know, orthodoxy infects your life in a very powerful type of way. And so once I think you're in the community for a few years, you know, the more time you spend in it, the harder it is to back out. And you can feel that, you know. So for me, you know, I after almost three years in the community, it becomes, you know, increasingly difficult to imagine life outside of the community. Once you settle into a routine, you know, of keeping shabbos, of being in the community. Um, for me now, I'm very sure. In a way that I knew was not the case when I was a Christian. Because when I was there, I had this burning sense of doubt. It was something that was eating me up from within. And so, so the contrast between that, I think, speaks to me very clearly. Okay. I mean, that's amazing. And I'm just wondering, obviously, conversion is a very grueling process. And people talk about that all the time. And there's also this idea in Judaism where we're not supposed to convince people to convert. Did you experience that firsthand where when you told a rabbi, that you wanted to convert, he was asking you, like, are you sure? Do you really want to do that? Was that an actual process you went through? Also, how long does the conversion process really take? Is it different for everyone? And what are the details there? So the first rabbi I spoke to was this Chabad rabbi at Oxford. He's called Ellie Brackman. And I remember speaking to him for the first time. I was, I was, I was a nervous wreck. I didn't know what to expect from him at all. 
And he never said to me, um, I was expecting something of a dissuasion, but I didn't get that from him, even though he knew that was the first conversation I was having with a rabbi, at least in the context of considering conversion. He just said, you know, he asked me what the reasons were. We spoke briefly. And then he said, well, you know, you should come to some services, come for Shabbos dinner and get a sense of what this is all about. And that was all he said. He never said, don't do it. Um, and then and then I think later on, my encounters with, with rabbis was, was different because people knew that I'd spent some time in the community. And so then there was even less dissuasion. So it's interesting. No one really tried to, to convince me otherwise. As to, as to um, the lengths of a conversion, that's something that is extremely variable. I think it depends on um, what type of who you're doing it with, where you are in life and how much time that you have. In my case, I think the biggest variable is the fact that I've been moving around so much and the period of time that I've been getting to know Judaism. And that makes it much harder to work as a based in because they generally want you to be a stationary target. And I've been moving across the Atlantic. So it's been harder to get things started. But now that I'm in Boston, that I've been in Boston for some time, I was able to start the process as a based in there. I'm still in the process of converting. Um, and then as to, as to, I guess, another factor is just really how much, how much you want to finish up, finish it up quickly. So if some people are in a kind of context where say they're trying to get married, that type of situation is very different from mine. And so for me, you know, I've been saying to myself, I want to focus on learning and picking up things to degree that I'm comfortable. I'm less concerned about finishing conversion by X day. And so that is, you know, made my conversion perhaps a bit longer because I haven't been pushing it forward so much. Gotcha. So you touched upon the idea of people that are converting because they want to get married. And obviously this podcast does stem from Moday, which is a dating platform. And this might not be on your mind yet at all. You know, you're only 23 and you're still in the process. But I'm just wondering how familiar you are with the general shit off process and also, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that it's going to be tougher for you because of your background? Do you Are you worried about that at all? Have you really thought about that yet? You know, the shit of process, I know things about it just through seeing friends go through it, talking to people about it. Obviously, at this moment, I'm not dating because I'm in the conversion process. Yeah. I, and it's not, it's not the right time to start that. As to me, I mean, you know, obviously, I'm a different type of person. Um, and I know people know that and that, but I haven't been so much concerned about, you know, what that means for me, the shidduch process, perhaps because, you know, my experience of being in the community has been very good, despite the fact that obviously I stand out in the community. I look different and I've always known that, but it's never been an issue that's presented uh, bad experiences for me. I couldn't really think of a single time, whether, you know, it was with younger people or with older people that I felt that I had a tough time because of how I looked. That's, that's amazing. And at this point you've been a part of, I guess, three different Jewish communities, right? You've been on the Upper West Side, you've been in, in Boston and you've been in the UK while you were right. considering Judaism. Just wondering if you have any, comparisons between them and differences and i guess the upper west side is different because you weren't on a campus of any sort but just your thoughts on the different places and where you see yourself 
ending up one day? Do you see yourself being in a more concentrated Orthodox Jewish area or a place with maybe fewer people? You know, I, I really like the concentrated Jewish community that you have in New York. Uh, I very much started out on the opposite end of the spectrum. When I was in Cambridge, in, in Cambridge, UK, as opposed to Cambridge, Mass, I was, uh, yeah. the way I remembered the the system working there was they would have a van come from London every two weeks with meat and some other groceries. You had to put in an order ahead of time to make sure you were getting your groceries from London. And people would, the, the van would drop off the stuff at, at the shul and you would go to the shul and you could see everyone's groceries with their names on it. And it was a very different type of uh, situation compared to the Upper West Side. I obviously liked the convenience of the Upper West Side, despite the fact that when I was in Cambridge, UK, I didn't think anything was wrong with the way they did things. The convenience and just the number of people who are here, I think is amazing. But at the same time, there's a lot to be said for the, the British community. And I, I, I very much feel uh, emotionally attached to them. And one of the things I love the most about the British community, and one of the reasons I think that I'm even here today, is because of the, the amazing unity that they have amongst British Jewry. Um, obviously, there is a small reform presence in the UK, but compared to the US, the sense of unity around, you know, common principles is much greater. Most people are Orthodox, even people who aren't terribly practicing, you know, identify as Orthodox. And that's something that's, I think, quite different from what you see in the United States, especially when you're on campus, you see through the Hill Elf is a much stronger progressive presence. For sure, it definitely makes sense. And it's very interesting to hear the differences between here and there and just the concentration of Orthodox as opposed to all different types of Jews. I'm wondering where you resonate most with Judaism. It might be a tough question to answer, but I'm going to give you one of the questions we ask on the Modate form. And it's something that we came up with. Actually, Josh Letterer and I and Solomon Rapport were talking about this one night in Florida. And it was about how we best relate to and identify with Judaism. And I decided to put it on the Modate form. So just you'll hear out the options and let me know what you think. The options are community, virtuous ideology, meaning that believing that Judaism is simply the correct religion and identifying strongly with all our principles, discipline, and tradition. So out of those four things, community, virtuous ideology, discipline, and tradition, which do you most identify with? Hmm, that's, that's a difficult question, but I... I... I would tend to think of those. I think the community is, is, is probably the one that resonates the most to me. Um, the strength of the community is incredible. And I, I think I say this, obviously, knowing that the audience probably has only grown up, for the most part, in the Orthodox community. But um, having the contrast of being outside and then coming here to see what it's like in the Orthodox world, it's, it's an amazing contrast. I think about people who work in New York City you know, who most of whom, or many of whom are not from the city, maybe from other parts of the country. They work in, say, finance or consulting, all the opportunities that the city's got to offer. And just to see how difficult it is for people to to make any friends at all in New York when you have a really demanding job and not a lot of, you know, uh, roots in the city. It's It's kind of hard to watch sometimes to see other people go through that process. And I think people don't 
sometimes realize how blessed they are to have the Orthodox community there to support them. Yeah, I think actually our most chosen answer is community. And I think that even though people might have grown up with it, they really do realize how valuable it is and how important it is to just have those people built into your weekly schedule, really. And so it really is a, a beautiful thing. And I'm just wondering if you had any advice to give to someone who was considering undergoing conversion, what would it be? I think, I think one is maybe number one is, you know, this process is, is very difficult and it's not necessarily for everyone. So if you're going through the process and you feel that it's not right for you, I think that's okay. Uh, but the second thing I think to know is, is really to feel comfortable in your own skin. And I think the community is very, very welcoming, much more welcoming than I could ever have expected at the beginning of this process. So sometimes, you know, it's not helpful to come in with a preconception that things are going to be made artificially difficult for you. I don't think they are being made. They, the, the process is being made artificially difficult. And in fact, people really, you know, even are take converts on is very open arms. So I think if you do decide to do it, you know, feel comfortable about who you are. I don't think it's going to be any issue. Gosh, a great answer. So we're going to move on to everyone's favorite segment here on the Mopod, the Mopod lightning round, where I'm just going to fire off some quick questions and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? All right. What is your favorite podcast? My favorite podcast is probably the In Our Times podcast by the BBC. It's uh, it's uh, it's It concerns a lot of very interesting topics in philosophy, history. Really great podcast. Highly recommend. Gotcha. What is your favorite country? Favorite country? Probably the UK. I had really the most amazing time there, obviously starting this conversion, but also amazing education experience there. Absolutely love it. What is your favorite restaurant on the Upper West Side? Holy schnitzel, probably because of the budgetary reasons in part. <laughs> okay. How many languages can you speak? I can speak uh, three, Mandarin, Chinese, natively, English, obviously. I also speak French because we had to learn French in Canada. Oh, wow. Very nice. What is your favorite brand of bottled water? Um, huh. Probably Poland Springs. I get it all the time. That's a good answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you been to Florida? I have not. I've been to 26 states. I've never been to the South. What are you doing? You got you to make your way to Florida, Rogan. Okay. How, <laughs> ma how many rocks do you think there are in the world? Oh, wow. Bigger than... I don't know, probably more than there are people. So I'm thinking, and probably a lot more. I'm probably going to put it down to a trillion. Okay. What is your favorite children's book, aside from Hoppy Hopson's Day Off, available on Amazon, written by Evan Harris? <laughs> I I am a big fan of the Dr. Seuss books. I think they're lovely. Um, I don't necessarily have a favorite uh, and I, but, uh, but I think those are classics and I like classics. All right. Thank you, Rogan Fang, for coming on the Mopod. Anything else you want our listeners to know before we sign off? I, you know, I just think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to see, you know, the, the increasing, you know, the, the, the passion that people have towards Judaism, especially amongst young people in this generation. Um, one of the things that I, I, I feel so moved by is coming to the Upper West Side, going to the Young Israel and seeing so many people who are in their, you know, 20s or 30s 
being so passionate about Judaism. And that's something that's really, you know, invigorated me. And, you know, I keep it up. I think it's a wonderful thing. And Modate obviously is serving that community in very important ways. Thank you, Rogan. Pump the volume. 